Hey guys, I'm Sid. And I'm Karen. Welcome back to The Verdict Machine. Hey guys, what's up? Today's episode is going to be a bit controversial. For today's episode, we thought that we'd be uh, discussing capital punishment. You guys probably know this quote as very famous worldwide. Quote, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. End quote. This quote was said by the famous humanitarian um, Mahatma Gandhi. So today, what we've decided to do is have people from both sides. So on this particular debate, me and Karen stand on the same side. Both of us are against capital punishment. However, today we have a friend, Prasanna. You can say hi. Hi, everybody. Um, who's here, who is in favor of capital punishment. So why don't we get the discussion started? Yeah. All right, so I think most of me and Karen's point in this debate is emotionally, we think that capital punishment is wrong because you're not giving the person time to repent for whatever they've done. Yeah, when somebody chooses capital punishment as punishment for a criminal, in jail, they have time to realize what they've done and why it's wrong, whereas with capital punishment, somebody may you know, have the end of their life thinking that what they did, the crime that they committed, was not wrong at all. It's almost an easy escape story or whatever. But if you're giving somebody no time to think about and realize the wrong that they've done and they're just straight up ending their life, you aren't giving them time to, like, kind of suffer in jail, um, which is why we think it might be more suitable just to give the life sentence instead of the death sentence. Yeah. Well, to be honest, there's a couple of things against that. So if you guys have heard of this psychological term known as the revolving door policy, which is uh, one of the things that most people who've studied people and uh, studied subjects in prisons say that once they're in jail, there's no this, there's no set time of repent. And instead, people, once they commit crimes and they get out, they're constantly going to keep on committing crimes and get back in. This is known as the revolving door policy. Now, the issue with at least, I'd say, Western prisons, um, especially North American ones, there's no repent or there's no real time for rehabilitation. Prisons are just set punishment. They're just nothing more than punishment. So, I mean, it'd be better to end the life of people who are going to be a harm to society. I completely understand where you're coming from, but then again, I'd argue it's a revolving door policy for a reason, right? Like you're saying that the system clearly does not work. So wouldn't that be, instead of the person's fault, wouldn't it be the system's fault? Because we already know for sure the system is corrupt. Like whatever side you're on, I've seen, or whoever I've argued, argued this topic about before with has agreed to like the system is corrupt, right? So shouldn't we focus on fixing the system rather than enforcing the death penalty when we could clearly just fix the system there are issues with fixing the system as well um firstly most people who are absolutely who deserve to be in jail absolutely for committing crimes they get out early because of uh, prison overcrowding Mm -hmm. now the issue with uh fixing the system is you need funding where does funding come from funding comes from the government and taxpayers 
Now, if you ask the taxpayers, they'd rather have their money choose uh, be used for having their children, well, making schools better, making healthcare better. So uh, it's easy to say, let's fix the system, but it's uh, much harder to do and it requires immense amount of resources. I agree completely. Karen, do you have any um, second argument you'd like to make? Yeah, I also agree with this. A lot of parents, when they're paying taxes, they want this to go towards their children's education rather than fixing prisons, which I can see why, because they're investing in their kids. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Especially in countries where socialism is ingrained in the Constitution, like Canada, and if you look at a couple of other countries like Sweden and Norway, these places, education is a very important thing. And uh, sure, prison end up in prison because um, people are more happier here so maybe one way of looking at fixing the system is probably educating people and making making their uh, happiness index better which would essentially fix the system instead of actually fixing jails and devoting more resources that way so that's one way of looking at it I think for sure for sure mm-hmm. yeah I, re- I like the point that you made right there and I feel like that's a middle ground that we can both agree on but coming back to just like capital punishment, um, what would you say to the fact that there's a lot, like 7%, I believe, um, I'm get, I'll tell you guys where I'm getting the information from at the end of this podcast, but I believe it's somewhere close to 7% of people who receive the death penalty are innocent, right? So how, how would you justify the fact that, yeah, if you do enforce the death penalty in places where there isn't already a death penalty, for example, how would you justify the fact that innocent people will die. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I agree with um, the quote. Um, I don't remember this exact quote, but it says that an innocent, uh, a thousand thieves could go free, but uh, an innocent man's life is more important than the thousand thieves. Yeah, I agree with that, but I mean, um, we can't exactly go on this principle in real life, can we? Because there are things like collateral damage, which you really can't help. I mean sure that yes those people may be innocent but then it all comes down to fixing this system as you previously mentioned and that's again hard to do because if you're going to fix the prison system you're going to have to fix the judicial system and the judicial Mm -hmm. system is hard to fix to be honest for sure for yeah i agree with that sorry Mm -hmm. i'm gonna quickly correct my previous statistic it is actually um four percent it is not seven percent so and a lot of people do receive like pardons and stuff like that if they have better appeals and if they genuinely have the resources sure one way of making the system better is to provide good judicial resources but that again requires taxpayer money so exactly yeah so for for your thought process, at least, there is collateral damage and you're not for that, but you think for the greater good, the collateral damage is necessary. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have, well, to be honest, I wouldn't like to have a murderer in my, I'd rather have an innocent man on, well, to be in prison than have a murderer mm-hmm. on my street. Mm-hmm. You're right. So, wait, you said imprisoned. Did yeah, mean... in prison or on capital punishment, sorry. So, like, death row? Yeah, death row. All right. But then, again, okay, another point I'd like to raise is 
where would you just like where would you draw the line on who deserves capital punishment or not um i'd say murderers and uh, people generally like i don't think stuff like tax fraud and um corporate crimes deserve uh, capital punishment but uh stuff like being a serial killer or committing war crimes or doing stuff that's extremely against the UN's um, human rights convention. I'd say mm-hmm. those people definitely deserve it. <laughs> they have it coming. <laughs> so karma almost. Yeah, I'd say so in one sense. I, okay, but to that, I'd say who gave us the right to decide what happens to them, you know? Like, we're people giving other people death sentences, you know? What See, I mean, yeah, I get that, that nobody should get to play God. But mm-hmm. you really can't determine and draw the line again. The co- point also comes down to where do you draw the line of, you know, this person's just become an absolute nuisance to society. They're using of resources. And to be honest, I'd rather save children in Middle Eastern countries where the U.S. is bombing them and uh, rather than have um, a prison, uh, have someone live their life in a prison comfortably in the u.s yeah i'd rather you never know who's going to be the next kid to cure cancer so i'd rather save the children and save people who actually have a life ahead of them than save genuinely bad people you're right okay i get what you're saying but at the same time it's like your argument boils down to what exactly it boils down to the fact that some people just have it coming and well yeah some punishment after doing some crimes i think you have um, theft coming like holding someone hostage for a very long time or torture stuff like that you have capital punishment coming and if not capital punishment then you have um life in prison coming so yeah so i feel like you're on the fence here right because you're saying life in prison and then you're also saying capital punishment right so you'd be arguing for only capital punishment, whereas me and Karen would be arguing for, you know, life okay. in prison, right? Okay. I mean, yeah, even, yeah, still, I'll, I'll still stick to the fact that, yes, if you're going to end up torturing someone, then, yeah, you have death row coming. All right. Okay. But then, again, like, if you've tortured someone, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're basically killing someone for killing someone, right? So even to set an example, wouldn't that be wrong? Like, just morally, if you think about it, we're killing because someone killed. Well, I mean, there's a difference, right? If you if you go by that principle, then every soldier who um, is on the border is, also, is a murderer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go by that principle. There's There's a difference in between killing someone because it was your duty or because it was an order from a higher authority or it was something that was necessary and there's a difference in killing someone for um, fun or killing someone because you can. But, okay, I get that. But, like, at the same time, just because you can... Okay. What I'm trying to say here is you're right about there is a difference, but at the same time, is there really a difference? Like, I mean, see, the, I'd, say, I'd say it comes down to this, right? Without rules there's nothing that separates us from the animals. And as collective society, yes, we came up with these rules. Now, yes, over time, they may need some change, but I don't think now is the time. And I think the system, it is corrupt, but it is doing fine the way it is. 
and changing that we don't know how things will work out. So capital punishment is definitely something that's there and that has been there for the past 700 years. You're right. Uh, sorry, I just, I'm going to nitpick on something you said. Yeah. Okay. So you said the, uh, uh, what did I say? <laughs> the criminal justice system was fine as it is, right? But the percentage or the number. I'm not of... saying the criminal justice system. I'm saying the prison system. The, the prison way... system. Yeah. Criminal justice system. The judicial system, you go anywhere in the world. If you're going to developing country, yes, of course it's messed up. But if you're staying even in a first world country like Canada or the States, yes, it's, it's still messed up. We, we still don't have the judicial resources that we would have hoped that we were as a first world country. Exactly. So I, I get what you're saying. So I'm just going to say for this audience, at least for the statistics or the amount of people with wrongful convictions in Canada in 2010 was 87,214. Um, they, they were, that's how many were con, uh, punished wrongfully. Yeah. Yes. And a 72 of those individuals, um, got an appeal. So I'm not sure gotten out of prison yet. Um, but that's how much I think that was worldwide. I think I believe because I have done some research on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, the numbers, numbers keep on increasing a little bit. But the wrongful conviction thing, it goes down. It it does go down because, um, well, uh, primarily because there's stuff like appeals that constantly mm-hmm. happens. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, often there is a chance that, yes, people can convic- get convicted that way. So, it is, right, okay. I'd, I'd say it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Karen, do you want to add stuff? Again, looking at it from, well, not me, everyone might not have a religious point of view on this, but for those who do, looking at it from a religious point of view, like, do we really have the right to play God? Though? Like, do we really have the right to choose whether we can end someone's life or not just because we feel like they're a waste in society? Because if we look at it, if everything is more than just this physical world and we are also spiritual beings, is it not God's job to punish this person after they die, however they are supposed to naturally die. Is it not God's job to punish this person rather than ours? See, I'd agree with you in a normal state where, yeah, to be honest, yeah, it is God's job. I think he's busy managing the universe. And <laughs> I mean, he kind of does let lots of children starve. I'm not hating on God or anything. I, I like the guy, but, you know, it kind of is, um, there's a lot of bad shit happening. So one yeah, less I- bad person makes the world a better place to live. I mean, with the point on starvation, I mean, like, that's not God's fault. That is our system. There's a lot of flaws in our system which are causing starvation and poverty. Similarly, this is our system, too. I'm not saying it's fault-free, but it still exists. And it's both, it's wrong to let children starve or let anyone starve in that case, if you're looking at it from any point of view. If you go mm-hmm. to any one of the major religions, whether it's uh, uh, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, or um, even Sikhism, each one of them have very large emphasis on charity and letting, not letting people starve. So, I mean, there's always that point of view. Just to add on to this particular um, argument that where they're making, um, each religion, as far as I know, has their own stand. So I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that most Abrahamic religions support capital punishment. 
Whereas um, the less the mon- uh, polytheistic, sorry, or other religions who are not Abrahamic, they have different um, outlooks on this topic. So we're not going to go too detailed into that because I don't think we're qualified enough to be arguing from that point of view. Um, but again, that's just for um, your information. Okay, so we've discussed if it's our right to play God. Okay, so now this is not even emotional or anything like that. This is just strictly economics, right? So people, if you put a person on death row, it's considerably more expensive than putting them in just a normal prison cell, right? And you're saying that most people want their tax money to go to schools or whatever. So if you're putting more people in um, death row, you're actually increasing taxes, right? So how would you respond to that? Mm, Yeah, I have heard of this statistic, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But... um... Well, I mean, you got to look at the optics as well, right? Consider the mm-hmm. optics. So whenever there's a government in place, they're always going to consider whether it's, um, what, what did the optics say? If you're going to let someone like uh, Bin Laden or, you know, some of the mass terrorist shooters live, then yeah, the mm-hmm. optics aren't going to be great, are they? And I don't, I don't think anyone can argue about a terrorist living or getting the right to live. I mean, I just think that it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and some people do kind of have it coming, to be honest. I get what you're saying, and I feel like me and Karen are both one of the like. I feel like if you don't support death um, penalty, it'd be kind of hypocritical if we said it's okay to let specific people die. So, like terrorists, I guess both of us would say no. In fact, we should let them live and we should teach them a lesson while they are in prison. And if there's even like a bit of chance of rehabilitating them, or even I don't know. It's again, they've killed thousands of people. We acknowledge that. But again, it's hypocritical if we say if we should let them die or we should kill them because it's not our place to do so. Yeah. Mm, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, well, then again, there's this thing that what do we do with these people? How do you expect to rehabilitate them? You're right. I get what you're saying. Because there's, again, there's stuff that goes into, well, killing people. And I don't think that sane people would generally do that. And there's, there comes a point of insanity. If you look at, especially people with schizophrenia, right? They <laughs> don't know what's real anymore. So I think there is a point where people who've committed such kind of crimes, they reach that point where they don't know what's real and what's right and wrong. And creating that alarm is very hard to do, even as a child, right? I'm sure yeah. that most of our parents, if you if you try and steal a lollipop from like a, a store, right? Your parents are going to uh-huh. be like, "No, you don't do that. You pay for stuff. Exactly. That's how this thing works. That's how social conduct works." And without that, as humans, we fall apart because we don't know what's going on. We're not used to chaos. I get what you're saying, but then again, then you're relating it to mental illness, right? So. If you're relating it to mental illness, such as sociopathy or psychopathy, right? Like you said, they don't have a conscience, right? So is that their fault that they don't have a conscience, though? I'd say up to a point. And yeah, sure, it may be our job to try and rehabilitate them. But there's resources that go into this kind of thing, right? And yeah, Mm -hmm. I understand the economics, that it might be actually cheaper to let people live. But then where do you get the space from? Where? I mean, land is limited, right? the reason that we have issues of prison overcrowding is because we don't have enough space. 
we You're right. that's the main reason that stuff like this happens yeah that's a fact and, yeah, for I sure get like the fact that yeah it's our job to try and rehabilitate them but then there's always issues and yeah i know i sound like a whiny child who's saying that <laughs> no this is just hunting gun but i mean you got to understand the optics and the way people will perceive these things right mm-hmm. yeah like just to say like you said you wouldn't want a murderer living down the street so same thing like i'm sure no neighborhood would want a prison um right down the street or whatever so i get what you're saying enough space but if we're looking at different countries for example the legalization of marijuana right there's a lot of um stations or places in wherever these places are legal that have had to adopt the places where safe injection sites right so in the same way you kind of have to enforce prisons in different places to make space for these people because if you have a specific animal right I'm not, just as an example, you can't just say the best way for me to solve this problem is to shoot a couple and then I'll have enough space. No, the point is natural selection. Even if you look at, well, I'll give you an example, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If you look at the over-fertilization of algae, the algal bloom that happens because of, well, people dumping fertilizers and pesticides and other stuff into rivers, you see that eventually the algae will die out on its own. But that sadly is not the case for humans. Algae dies out in 14 days. Humans take 30 to 40 years. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. But then again, like natural there, selection. There's nature, yeah, exactly. But nature natural takes selection, care of stuff like that. Are we nature though? We're not, but we were given the power than I think any other animal to distinct. And we have that dis- discretion, right? We have the power of discretion, which makes us pretty much better than everybody else. On this planet, at least. But does it, though? Like you said, the world's in a terrible state right now. Like, at this point, is it like, are humans really better than everybody else, though? I mean, I hate humans in general, to be (laughs) honest. Yes, I do consider some of them to be absolute scum and filth. But, I mean, I'm not going to go punishing an innocent man just because he's a waste of resources, he or she. Whereas with murders, they're not exactly doing anything great, are they? They're just increasing work for everybody. Imagine the amount of resources that actually goes in keeping a murderer behind bars. Just cost yeah. everything. And yeah, I get that. Yes, it may, in a perfect world, be easier to rehabilitate them. But it's not a perfect world. I get what you're saying. Karen, again, go, you can jump in anytime for yeah, sure. Yeah, I do understand your point of view. I get what you're saying. Definitely, yep. Okay, um, is there anything else? Um, I was about to raise a point, but I have forgotten it. So, Karen, if you have any other points, you can go ahead and raise them. Or you too, Prasanna. No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Okay, so that was our discussion. Um, I'm sorry if this is pre- long. Okay, it's longer than our last episode, understandably. But I hope you guys have had enough insight on both perspectives. If you feel that one perspective doesn't sum up uh, your opinion, we'd for sure be down to have you guys' voice recordings or anything in our next episode or next future episode that would capture whatever you guys' points of views are. Um, Do you guys have anything to say before we end the recording? Yeah, some humans are really bad. They have (laughs) shit like capital punishment coming, so. Okay. Karen? 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, I hope this episode helps you guys form your own opinions. If some of you have probably never thought about this kind of thing. And yeah, I hope this helps to better form your own opinions and helps educate others. Oh yeah, for sure. And also, I'm sure you guys all know by now that we're, we're all teenagers. We're not educated on this type of stuff. Um, so again, it's our opinions. Everybody has the right to an opinion. So please don't judge us too harshly for what we believe in. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to as much as you guys have. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. So tune in next week for another episode. Contact us. Our Instagram page is at Verdict Machine. And our email is verdictmachine at gmail.com. If you're listening to this, again, we're super grateful for your support and appreciate the fact that you have stuck around. Until next time. Sources that were used in this recording include the New York Times, Forbes Magazine, Fox News, The Marshall Project, NBC News, and the LA Times, as well as The Washington Times. The URL for all the sources and facts need, uh, given in this episode can be DM'd or emailed to you if the request um, is given to us. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and we hope that you are staying safe in this time of COVID-19. Until next time, peace.